0: Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. So, a couple of weeks ago, um, I remember Armin talking about it, uh, coming from John chapter four about the Samaritan woman at the well. Is it up there? Okay, so. When he had his slide up, I was like, hey, that was supposed to be mine. But um, I think it works out because he gave you a little bit of an intro, so I don't have to go so much in depth on what I'm about to say today. But let's take a look at that. And then after I read this, we'll pray. Okay. So Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to grow through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, "'sat wearily beside the well about noontime. "'Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, "'and Jesus said to her, "'Please give me a drink.' "'He was alone at the time "'because his disciples had gone into the village "'to buy some food. "'The woman was surprised, "'for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. "'She said to Jesus, "'You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. "'Why are you asking me for a drink?' And Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift, of God, the, the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. So that will be our passage today. And I think um, it relates to what I have to say on my testimony. Lord God and Father, you know our hearts and you know our, our desires. Thank you, Father, that you have a perfect plan, a redemptive plan for each and every one of us, that you would go out, Lord God, to seek us and to pursue us when we're trying to fulfill our own hearts with water that runs dry. But like what you said, Lord, that you are the living water, and those who come to you and take a drink from you will never be thirsty again. Thank you, Lord God, that you take our our brokenness and turn them into something beautiful, that you make all things new, you make all things beautiful in your time. And I believe and we want to believe, Lord God, that this is your time, your time to tell how much you love each and every one of us, to tell us how you are faithful, that you will never leave us in our brokenness and shame, That you promise to redeem. Just as you've redeemed our past, Lord God, you redeem our present and you continue to redeem our future. So, Lord God, speak through me that you may increase, Lord, and that I may decrease. That it's not about the messenger, but it's about the message. And let your message, Lord God, be planted and grow and blossom in each and every heart today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So Armin did speak about it uh, a couple of weeks ago where um, the Samaritans, uh, the Jews had a uh, racism against the Samaritans. So if we take a look at the next slide. So here is the map of old Judea where we can see that Jesus coming from Galilee had to make his way down to Judea and Jerusalem. But what Jews used to do before is that they make like a a little round trip so that they can stay away from Samaria. But here we see Jesus uh, coming into Samaria. And if we take a look at verse 4 of that same chapter, next slide please. Let's read it together on the count of three. One, two, three. He had to go through Samaria on the way. So just as it was pointed out, the key word here is he had to. And next slide. So it's like Jesus have to? What is that? Like who tells Jesus what to do? Why does he have to do anything, right? But uh, So I I took a look at it in different uh, versions where NLT says he had to go through Samaria. Uh, King James Version says he must needs to go through Samaria. And then he had to, he needed to. And this comes from the Greek word, day, which means it's a duty. And if you speak Spanish, a necessity. Okay, how do you say that in Spanish? Necesario, Necesario. okay. So, what made Jesus have to go to a certain place that people, that his people don't usually go to? And so that brings us to Luke 19 verse 10. Where he says that his mission, Jesus' mission, was to seek and save those who are lost. So, in this little village in Samaria, he was looking for one woman, a woman of no reputation. That's why she had to go through the well during midday where it's usually hot rather than with the other ladies of the town where they go there a little bit earlier so that they don't catch the noonday sun. But she's going there on her own because she's a woman of ill reputation. Uh, Nobody wants to hang out with this woman because... uh, if you're caught hanging out with her, maybe you're just, you're just like her. And I think with this woman, there's just like a lot of shame and um, there's a lot of guilt in her part of spending her whole life filling that little hole in her heart, looking for love in all the wrong places. And that's why I like this story from the Bible Because I think it's very relatable to us and where we are today. Considering that that story was 2,000 years old. But how many of us and how many people out there in the world are looking for love in all the wrong places? And so here is my story. So some years ago, I got involved in a relationship that my parents, my family did not approve of. But I was very stubborn and proud, and I knew what I was doing because I thought, hey, I was going to church. Um, I know my Bible stuff. I'm in the praise and worship team. I've been going on missions. I was lively, and um, that made me proud and so i thought i knew i was do what i was doing at um at that age at the age of 25 uh getting into a relationship that you know my friends my really close friends and my my family they're like oh, like are are you sure about that that's like that's that's um i don't think you guys match but um you know, he, you know, he said things that I liked, and I thought, oh my gosh, he loves Jesus as much as I do, and things like that. But um, that relationship got physical really quickly, and nearly everything that we learned, all the talks coming from Van, Naomi, and Jared, uh, went out the window for me during that relationship. And it was it, and it was short lived. It only lasted about four to five months. But there's something in me during that relationship that snapped, and 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 it broke me in my very spirit. And like I was saying about um, hearing that preaching, where we hear that most of the times where we feel hopeless and we lose our faith happen in when we break relationships okay. and for many years, I was very angry at my God. I lost my myself, I lost my faith. And I blamed him for the things that were happening to me that were actually self inflicted. And so those were the times when um, I started to have constant panic attacks, anxieties, and depression. Three and a half years of depression. Try that. <laughs> Um, where I didn't want to wake up many days. And I was just wishing, God, you did say that you're coming again, so why not? (laughs) Come on, come over. But at the same time, um, I was struggling with a lot of suicidal thoughts that I would actually attempt. And for one whole year, I had a bottle of sleeping pills next to my bedside, just thinking, Lord, if I just nap deep enough this time, I'd take a bunch and I'd go. So, even though I was Going through that, and you know having the relationship already break down, I was still having this vow and determination inside of me, saying, "Lord, if you do not, and I said it very explicitly. Um, I remember praying about this um, a couple of times. I know I, like it's so ridic- ridiculous for me to say now hearing myself say it, but I said to God, if you will not fill that void in my heart, then I will fill it myself. And I was very determined to do that. And with my personality, if I'm determined to do something, I'd go for it. So I was in, in and out of relationships for four years, and I've had five breakups. And... Um, And one thing I learned about breakups is that you never get used to them. Like every single time that it happens, it hurts. So in John 4, 7, we see Jesus initiating a conversation with a woman. Could we please have that up? So who speaks first in that conversation At the well jesus was the one who speaks first he invites the woman and asked him um can i can i have a drink so this tells me that like in those times of brokenness just like with the samaritan woman no matter no matter how many times i've tried running away from him or bombarding him with just these thousands of questions that I would come up with cuz I thought I was like having so much fun challenging God. He never stopped pursuing me. He never stopped pursuing the woman. That's why he went there at the lake. Just as he's not per- just as he hasn't stopped pursuing me, he hasn't stopped pursuing you. And this tells us about the heart of God. He invades He intervenes in our situation so that he can put the pieces of his plan of redemption together. We see that when he speaks with the woman at the well, um, that, you know, I I saw that happen personally in my life. So, for example, when, um, you know, those, uh, what do you call those encounters? like the grace notes they call them or divine appointments or godly encounters that you don't expect it because, oh, Lord, I don't deserve this. You know, I've been so bad, but he still let these things happen, the good things happen in our lives. And that is his faithfulness um, to all creation. And the Bible speaks of that. And especially his, his faithfulness to his children where, um, you know, I, I got to finish my master's before I was 30. That was always my dream. And then um, without having to spend a cent on it, actually, and I got to travel off island. He gave me a, a job that I love and then I'm thriving in. And most especially by giving me a family that loved me and supported me. And even though I was in those times of depression, uh, God was still there. God was giving me these um, encouragements. So I think about it sometimes, like, you know, when Pastor Mark spoke to me about, hey, how about you speak? I'm like, no, I don't want that kind of stress. <laughs> no, but actually, because a lot of the struggle is about being good enough, about, you know, hey, you know, I, I've, done th- I've done things wrong, I've done this wrong. I don't think I'm good enough to stand over here. But I like what Tony Evans was sharing one time, that if you stand here and thinking like you're not good enough and other people may even think that for you, then they can actually see how good God is because, and how full of grace He is because, um, not be- because it's not because of me or my, my very noble intentions or my very noble um, character, but because he can choose the most unqualified people to confound the thinking of those people who think that they got him all figured out. So that's why I stand here. And so three things that I learned through that three-and-a-half journey of um, depression, but at the same time, recovery, is first of all, like what... Van, Naomi, and Jarrett had been sharing, obey God. Obey Him at His written word about love, sex, and relationships. In James 1, verse 22 to 25, it reads, "...but prove yourself doers of the word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves." For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his face, his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away. He has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was, but one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. So there is great blessing in obedience to the Lord. Um, Because a lot of things that we may have learned about love, about sex and dating, you know, we hear it from the media. We even hear it from our friends. I got one, um, like, detail about it with one of my friends and he was like, you know, you just go out and then I guess you test each other out to see if it's going to work for you until you have already accumulated uh, a bunch of sexual partners. And I was like, really? That's like, that's... To me, I was like, I I was really surprised by by that. But that is the culture that we are living in. Uh, That is the Sign of this age where they are trying to fulfill their hearts, the void that is in there, but they just can't get it. They just can't get the fulfillment. And so they go from one partner to another partner to another partner, thinking that, hey, maybe this time it will be different. Just finding out that it's all been the same as the last time. And I want to tell you to take God at his word. Even when he talks about being equally yoked um, with unbelievers, sometimes we think that the Bible is just good at suggestions, (laughs) but it actually knows what it's talking about. The Lord actually knows what he's talking about. And um, sometimes, and you know, I've experienced this also, uh, to watch out for people even within the church that may have new revelations of how this works, of how love and sex and relationship and dating works, where they say like, oh, if you like each other, um, you're pretty much okay to do it, because you're going to get married anyway. Um, Tell them, shut up. (laughs) Shut up. That's not the way, how it works. That's not God's plan. Unless you want four years of depression too. Okay? And um, remember Jeremiah 17.9, where it says, well, I'll tell you. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? There are times that you think that you are so in love that you're willing to rationalize and compromise your values and the Word of God and what you've been taught in order to fulfill that love desire. And I've heard it so many times before. God knows my heart. I may be sleeping with my boyfriend, but God knows I'm good deep inside. But friends, remember this. Good intentions, even the most sincere ones, do not equal to obedience. I'd rather you obey than argue later on with God, but I had good intentions. Okay? And maybe some of you are saying, but I do obey God's written word because... Uh, My boyfriend, he's not a Christian, but one day I was praying, and then God, you know, the the, the heavens opened up. There was this sign that Psalm 37, 4, that God will give me the desires of my heart. So that's a sign. You know, I've done that before. I don't know if you have. Maybe I'm the, the only Bible weirdo here, but yes, that's been done. The Russian roulette with the Bible, like, mm, oh, there's the sign. So that means I can go on with this, right? Because if you're desperate enough, you will even take the Word of God to, do, to rationalize your sinning. And I'm just being honest. I've done that. Maybe you have, or maybe you're so good you haven't. Just kidding. <laughs> but um, yes, but that can be done. But um, I, that's why I'm warning you guys against this, that you know, don't do that. Because what you're doing ends up becoming a heresy. And you're making up stuff, you're making up teachings for yourself. And just a couple more points. I'm sorry. The next two are not as long as the last one. So the second one is to heal from a broken heart or to find purpose in your singleness. The secret is to love others and receive love from others. So instead of being so focused or like what I said, Lord, you know, I'm I'm making my determination that... um, I'm gonna fulfill that little hole in my heart if you're not gonna do it for me. But rather than doing that, uh, think about how many people there are in this world. How many billions have we accumulated already in our population? Seven billion, right? Awesome, awesome. So yes, we have seven billion people in the planet and 160 over 160,000 people here on this island and i assure you there's one out there that you can make a difference in their lives a lot of people uh need our love our compassion i work in a school with 1200 children and 25 of 25% of them live under poverty level so Sometimes my coworkers and I laugh about it like oh this is ghetto so we work on this side of <laughs> of the island where it's um a lot of our kids um come from low socioeconomic status and and they too need our love and that's you know how you can go beyond yourself how you can go beyond that self-centeredness and that that me, me, me kind of mindset. Get out there. Go out there and preach the gospel to all creatures, to all creation. Tell them what God has done for you. Tell them about the good news. And in the same token, this is like the same, the the other side of the same coin is to receive love. Like, Oh no! I, I'm not gonna get it from you know, like unless you know. Sometimes when we're so um, when we're so focused on our romantic or dating relationship that we forgot about the other people who are willing to love on us also, such as our friends, such as our as our family members and our church members. So I'm not think, I'm not saying um, romantically but, you know, being loved by other people, okay? And so that helped a lot in my healing. And one last point regarding that second point is that do not neglect. In Hebrews 10, 25, it says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So do not give up on the church, Continue to persevere, no matter where you are in your life, whether you are in the valleys or the mountains of your lives. Stay together. S- uh, stick with people um, from the church also, so that you can um, you know, ride this life together. And the last point, and not the least, it's all about Jesus, His grace and redemptive plan for us. So the things that we experience in life... You know whether we do it really well or we, we fail at it. I know that Romans eight twenty eight is true, that he works all things for the good of those who love him and who are called by his name. So when you fall, then you can rise back up again. But that makes you even more brave because you know how it's been. And you can, you can stand at a place where you're not in an ivory tower but you can actually reach out to people, hey, I've been through this. And you don't have to go through the same way. And we can walk this life with the Lord together. And you can speak life to those around you. So that's all I have to say. Thank you so much.